this flyover clip. Um, you, you mentioned a, a couple of videos we're gonna gonna watch. Yeah, sure. One's, you mentioned VR church. Yeah, that's a that's what, a funny one. Uh, virtual reality church. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, DJ Soto. Um, he formed this church. Oh, it's been so long since I actually uh, looked at it. it be, I believe in California. Let's, let's, let's leave the, the location out of it. Okay. <laughs> Google probably knows. We can ask. <laughs> but uh, DJ Soto, who, whom I actually communicated with uh, very briefly, um, he uh, created this church in VR, uh, 2015, 16. Okay. Media picked it up. They boosted it out. This is before the metaverse became this, this meme. And uh, his idea was that in... VR church, people who are afraid of judgment wouldn't have to worry about being judged. Uh, of course, the, the, the classic justification for these sorts of radical technologies, people who are paralyzed or homebound could ex- enjoy church in VR. Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't take off in popularity. It's been around now for uh, almost seven years, and I don't know how much it's grown. Not very much. Mm-hmm. Is this it? Okay. It's our man. Let's, let's, let's play it. It's our man. Welcome to Virtual Reality Church. DJ Soto's divine calling is to bring Christianity to virtual reality. So we have worship music. I deliver a sermon. There's a prayer team. There's all these elements just in a Ready Player One Matrix Inception kind of uh, virtual world. God is passionate about you. In the physical world, when you go to church, there's sometimes uh, intrepidation, hesitation, because maybe people will judge me. But in VR... Because of their avatar, there's a sense of anonymity. So with that anonymity leads to deep authenticity. So we're having these conversations that are just authentic and deep in VR. DJ Soto even officiated the first baptism in virtual reality. It absolutely felt real. When she came out of the water, she was really emotional. She could hear her crying. That table where Jesus grabs it with one hand, he grabs it with the other, and he's like, you best back up. You best back up because you got in the way of me and my children. But he believes the future of Christianity is virtual. I believe God is in multiple dimensions. He's in a spiritual dimension, the physical, and even in the digital and virtual. Yeah, I think God's everywhere. And I think God's in VR. That is fascinating. Give us your take. Pros and cons. Uh, Talk about uh, a hard severance with ancient tradition and a beginning of a new... uh, People are going to do what they're going to do. Uh, you know, I, I I would counsel anyone not to. And it, with with that, <laughs> with that, really, you don't have to counsel too hard. It hasn't taken off. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the strange things about technology is that they'll oftentimes stagnate or, or germinate mm-hmm. for a, a long time and then explode. Not always. Sometimes it's just right there in your face. And sometimes they'll just hang around and just never really go anywhere. Um, a, a good example would be uh, the, the fantastic... Tech writer, uh, even if he is a bit optimistic, uh, Kevin Kelly talked about a World's Fair, I believe it was in the 60s that he went to, in which they had a functional video phone. Okay. And it just sat there, right? Like they had it, it was ready, it was good to go. And that technology just sat there and didn't, nothing happened with it in the 60s. 1960s. Yeah. Um, Wow. And, um, Wow. But it just didn't, nobody used it, right? Like uh, nobody developed it, nobody invested in it. It just kept people like the phone. There's no reason to go there. But it was, you know, a certain degree of um, sophistication and marketing that saw the explosion of the smartphone and video. Yeah. Uh, and even then, if you remember, the early smartphones, people weren't regularly talking to each other through mm-hmm. it. Some of it's technological sophistication, but in that, in that case, he points out, nobody had a tremendous interest in it mm-hmm. uh, until they did. And once they did, it became a norm. So 
with that, like VR church, uh, people who like the VR pioneers speak about VR in spiritual terms regularly. Mm-hmm. The, the Mark Pesci, the guy who uh, really developed uh, virtual reality markup language, the, 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 the early uh, coding language for VR. He, he was, uh, I don't know how you classify him other than sort of a pagan ma- magician. And he believed mm-hmm. what he was working on was a kind of a magical spell that uh, it was creating a realm like those that are d- talked about in religions the world over. Um, another, uh, I cannot remember the, the Dutchman's name, but another pioneer um, as, uh, that I, w- I wrote about uh, some three years ago, uh, uh, he, he spoke of it as like an astral plane, like the, the Hindus would have spoken of, right? Wow. A, another mm-hmm. plane. Now, uh, many people do, though. Uh, Yuval Harari speaks about virtual reality as, as the creation of heavens and hells, mm-hmm. and people will come to embody them, and that that will, in fact, be religion of the future, because people are going to be fairly useless due mm-hmm. to their, uh, you know, uh, obsolescence, automation has has brought to them, and so they'll live in these heavens and hells, these virtual heavens and hells, until the you know bloodline zaps out. So, the, the, there is something kind of fundamentally theological about virtual reality it's you know it, it it synthesizes what mystics have spoken of since you know presumably the caveman days i have visited another place uh, i could see it clearly there were beings in this other place yeah i come back and i tell you about them um television does that mm-hmm. um the computer does that but virtual reality makes it uh, real in a way that none of the others do Mark Zuckerberg and many others talk about it in terms of presence so that it's no longer something that's over here. Uh, when you encounter a, another entity in virtual reality, there's this presence. It's there. It's with you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I see like what, he, what DJ Soto is doing. It's not unlike the next level. So one of the things he talks about doing is uh, he would love for Bible stories to come alive in VR. And so you would be able to experience the, you know, Moses parting the Red Sea was an example he gave. But, um, I, you know, I hate to give people any bad ideas, but I, I foresee an era not too long from now in which people develop things like first-person passion plays. Um, mm. and, and it raises questions like, where do you draw the line? Like, wh- how far is too far? Yeah. Our founding fathers evolved the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. If you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. This is a crazy time to be alive. Well, just in our lifetime, it used to be where you'd hear your grandparents talk about how cheap gas was and stuff, and it was 75 years before, 50 years you yeah. know, before. And so we've seen a lot of changes since Biden took office. $700 more a month. Than what you needed in January of 21 when he took office. You might hear these kind of things and think, oh, that's overwhelming. I can't control the government. I can't control what they're doing. I can't control the spending. But we can take care of ourselves. 
You want to make sure that you're buying bullion from somebody that you can trust and someone that does not charge you a commission when you go to sell. If there's going to be a commission, have it on the front end, not the back end when it skyrockets and now you're like, oh my gosh, look at this big, huge commission I got to pay because it's on the back end before I sell it. You can buy an ounce of silver for $23. So this is something everybody can get into. And if silver goes to $50, if it goes to $75, if it goes to $100, all of those profits are yours. And that's happening while the dollar is buying less and less at the actual grocery store. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Or to do the same thing, you can just call 720-605-3900. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.